the education team for Jackson Family Wines proudly brings you these podcasts for your listening enjoyment. Hey everybody, uh, Craig Ellick with uh, this Bud Break uh, interview of Stacy Horneman, who is the facility winemaker at the Stone Street wine make, uh, Winery, but also many other uh, wines are made here. Um, but first, before we get into that, because I've gotten to know you pretty darn well, you have had an amazing past, and I'd love for you to kind of start at the beginning and then how you ended up in the wine-making uh, business. You're right. I, uh, I have a very blessed time on uh, this rock flying through space. I grew up in Santa Barbara, and I spent a lot of time outside growing up. We didn't have a lot of money, so we went to the beach a lot because going to the beach is free. And that's uh, kind of where I spent every weekend from the age of three to probably 17 is on the beach, picking up shells, looking through these big piles of seaweed. It was kind of gross looking back on it, just remembering all the flies and like sort of that sensory experience that was running through, you know, big piles of seaweed on the beach. It was kind of gross looking back, but um, yeah, I was outside all the time. Sensory, I think, is the key because obviously you have an incredible palate and an incredible nose. So uh, that you leave Santa Barbara and that must have been absolutely heartbreaking. And um, what did you do as far as studying goes? Because I know that you are the queen of flora and fauna. So tell us a little bit about your education. So before I was the queen of flora and fauna, I was the jester of flora and fauna. <laughs> when I was uh, applying for colleges, I didn't know what I wanted to do specifically. I knew I wanted to work in some sort of biological sciences, but I applied to eight different colleges and all of them had different flavors of biology. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be outside. And so in, in my way of thinking, I thought, okay, well, if I can find a job where I'm studying, you know, counting hermit crabs, like I would be happy about that. Um, but I also would be happy um, growing things because growing up, we also had like a small vegetable garden. We grew potatoes, corn. I mean, it didn't feed the block, but it was um, it was one of my dad's hobbies. He liked to garden and he also likes plants. So when I got into UC Davis, it was one of, you know, a number of schools. It wasn't biology, it wasn't marine biology, but I thought, well, heck, this is one of the harder schools um, that I applied to and ultimately got into, so I should probably go there. And I did. So I was there and I, I wasn't, my parents didn't drink wine. Um, I didn't know that you could even go to school for it. I thought it was a little bit absurd, but the more I got into it, the more I realized I really liked it. There's a lot of science, there's a lot of agriculture, and there's a lot of whimsy. I always say like, if you can align the stars, great, but every star doesn't always go into alignment and that's kind of winemaking. Yeah. You do the best you can with the information that you have and that's kind of how I got into winemaking. I just continued after I got into college. And But now, so we need to go a little deeper than that because uh, you and I were fortunate enough to go visit our properties in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And we went and visited it and I can never remember the name of the fabulous garden. What was the name of the garden we went to? Kirsten Bosch. Kirsten Bosch. The most beautiful place probably as far as gardens go that I've ever been. And I was just completely amazed that you knew the name of every, unless you were just completely bullshitting me. And, Which is and also something I would do. Never, <laughs> never. But you knew the name of every single flower and plant, and I was so amazed. So how did that part of the education come in? Was that part of the study with wine, and then you kind of a minor? Um, so yeah, I did minor in horticulture, but when I got to Davis for your, you know, the, your meat classes, right, which are the chemistry and the biology and sort of gearing up you up for viticulture and enology, the higher division courses, so you could learn, you know, how to make wine, but also learn all the biochemical processes, but you could also take some other 
what I call fun classes or elective classes. And I took, I can't remember what it was called, but uh, it was basically a class where you got to grow fruits and vegetables and, you know, learn how to prune trees and learn how to propagate plants. And I liked it so much, I wound up working for the lecturer there, Dr. Mohamed Marouche, for three and a half years. And he taught PLS5, which was the course lands and land, trees, shrubs, and vegetables, or whatever it was called. And he also taught uh, plant science too, which was intro to plant science. So I wound up working in his greenhouse complex, the Boley greenhouse complex, for about three and a half years as a greenhouse assistant. And then I was a teacher's assistant by the uh, my senior year. So how did you veer off into wine when clearly you love that aspect of life as well? Because you were so excited about pointing all these things out to me. You have just as much plant passion for plants as you do wine, it almost seems like. The only sort of metaphor I would say uh, would, that would help articulate that is I love to cook, but I would never want to be a chef. So I love plants, but I don't know if they're my only vibe right. at any given time. And you guess what, Craig? There are plants involved in winemaking too. So that's a great segue uh, to your first wine job and how you ended up coming to Thank God you came to Jackson Family Wines because you're such an integral part of, of the whole operation here. My first uh, harvest position was at Trefethen Family Vineyards, and I have told them this many times, but they ruined me. I had the most idyllic uh, internship experience. It was a fabulous place. They have the La Huerta program, which is an on-site garden where they feed their staff with all this gorgeous Napa Valley produce, tomatoes, etc. Um, and they had a lot of really great, um, it was just a great vibe. They had a great team. The winemakers there were fabulous. And I learned so much. They did things, um, I don't want to say the old fashioned way, but um, it was even in 2012, one of the only wineries that I knew of when comparing notes with my um, peers that utilized an ebulliometer to sort of measure their alcohols. So I don't know if they still are now, but we did. Um, I'm sorry, I'm uh, sorry, an ebulometer? A, a booleometer. <laughs> a booleometer. So you're measuring the difference of um, uh, the temperature at which water boils mm -hmm. and um, utilizing some known calculations to figure out how much uh, alcohol your wine has in it, comparing those two boiling temperatures. Um, so that was really cool. It was a lot of wet chemistry, lots of hand titrations. It was really a great place to learn. Um, we harvested, I think, yeah, in you know August, and then we wound up bottling their um, dry white Riesling. So you got to see literally from grape to bottle in a six-month internship. You got to rotate through the cellar and through the lab, and um, they really set me off on the right foot. Chemistry. And, and this is, I think, something that most lay people like me don't realize how much chemistry is involved in making wine and how many different things that you have to look with, uh, uh, particularly at this winery. So how, what is your chemistry background? Was that part of the, the wine knowledge that they taught you at UC Davis? Because obviously they have to teach you everything. Well, they got to teach you something, right? And so they there is a huge emphasis on chemistry. Um, there's a bunch of different lab courses, um, both within the department and outside of the department. There's biochemistry, where you're learning about all these different enzyme interactions and things like that, figuring out, you know, how, how do yeast eat sugar and poop out 
ethanol and carbon dioxide. So, How do so they well do that? So well said. Right? I mean, geez. Um, so, and that's like, that's a huge part of winemaking is understanding how you can make the chemistry or understand the chemistry so you can set yourself up for success. Like I said, there's a lot of whimsy, but there's a lot of chemistry and understanding how to either use the chemistry in your favor or change the chemistry so that you can, um, I don't know, ultimately achieve the wine that you're looking to make. Now, um, I, I want to get back to that because I think that's an important thing. But how did you come over to Jackson Family Wines? You had this great opportunity uh, and you learned so much. What made you come over? Was there something in between or did you? Oh, yeah. No, there were many things in between. I went on and I did a lab internship at Mom Napa, which was another fabulous experience. Looking Super more fun. at sparkling wine, mm -hmm. understanding that chemistry, understanding that process. The traditional method of champagne is... Um, there's a lot of steps, and so I wanted to know more. It was a, a great six-month experience again. The longer an internship is, the more you get to see. So mm -hmm. that was um, great. Um, yeah, 2014, oh yeah, I was at St. Supri. I took a job as the estate horticulturist. And it was funny because the gentleman that hired me that was currently the vineyard manager knew um, the lecturer at UC Davis that I worked for, Dr. Muhammad Marouche. And he, um, he said, I, I remember that guy, he probably taught you all kinds of cool stuff. And I went and worked there and helped them set up their culinary garden, design their vegetable garden in the back of the winery. Um, they had this really cool designer come in and put up this espalier garden, which was awesome. That's like the ultimate tinkering of, of plants, uh, which was great, fruit trees, etc. Uh, vegetables, herbs, um, and it was really cool because I could just, I grew whatever I wanted. Everything awesome. that you want. Anything that, I mean, I grew these like two and a half uh, foot long um, Asian red noodle beans, which were really cool. And so I got to interface with some of the chefs in Napa selling, um, you know, squash blossoms and sort of these specialty crops that um, I just thought were cool to grow. And then Jackson family. No. <laughs> then I went and worked uh, for two years. There was a custom crush facility opening up on Big Ranch Road, um, which was uh, such a great learning experience. Like looking back, it was a lot of work. Um, I think I worked 93 days straight Ooh. in the 2015 harvest, which if you remember 2015, didn't seem like it should have been that long, but it was. Uh, we were a new team, new facility, but lots of really exciting wines made there. Um, and I learned a lot, not only about winemaking, but about compliance and logistics and um, setting up sort of information systems because we you have to track a lot of stuff in winemaking and making sure that you're organized um, and ready for your seller team really really moves things along and, and allows you to keep on schedule and meet deadlines so then it came no <laughs> then i had a quarter-life crisis and i thought i don't want to make wine i want to go uh, i moved to the east coast and i was there for a brief stint sort of chasing a job that wasn't actually what the job was, um, which was, you know, great. If you're going to fail, fail fast. So I was back and I remember calling Graham uh, from uh, my friend's driveway and saying, you know, I need a job. And he said, okay, well, you know, apply for this and, you know, here meet these people. And um, I started as the harvestologist in July of 2017. So uh, just for the audience, uh, Graham Wirtz was the Stone Street winemaker from, I believe, 2002. He took over from Michael Westrick and then uh, made the wine till about 2012, 14. And, and then Lisa Valtenbergs came in and, and uh, you were uh, an integral part of that. So mm -hmm. you trained under Graham for the entire 
time until he started spending more time in South Africa? Or how did that work? Yeah, so when I arrived here, Lisa Boltenberg was the winemaker. And she had been since 2014 from soup to nuts, scraped to bottle. I think she blended the 2013s, but Graham had since moved on, taking a more uh, or a larger role in vineyard operations and developments. So I trained under Lisa for three years until uh, she made a change and went over to work at La Crema, or a stint in, in Australia, Australia. Then, and then yeah. and then La Crema. And then Graham returned as the winemaker in 2020. Uh, I think he's got kids. He's, I don't know. We've been to South Africa. That trip to South Africa, Forget is, about it. nobody wants to do that two or three times a year. Nobody wants to do that. Right. So um, he's now focusing uh, on Capensis and the other Jackson Wine Estate programs down there. And um, we have Christina Scheidler, and so I've. This is uh, this is the third flavor of Stone Street Winemaker. I will have. I will have to witness. Yeah, but here's here's the, the best part about that. You know, you've been here so long, and you know the ins and outs, and you are the and not taking away nothing from everybody else, but you're the one that is going at the winery every day, making sure everything is in its proper place, and and the pump overs are done, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's a great segue to where we are now. When you're talking about uh, with, with chemistry, you're saying, you know, you, you can change things. That's not something we generally do with Stone Street wines, right? I mean, I think that's kind of the difference between us and so many other wineries. We just, go ahead, please. We are, so Stone Street um, brand, because Stone Street Winery is home to a number of different brands, including Matanzas Creek, uh, led by Marcia Tor- Marcia Torres Um We make some of the capture wines, so that's Sam Teagle. Um, we make some Kendall Jackson uh, red wines here uh, under Susan Luker, and we will be crushing uh, more and more for Arrowwood, which is also made by Christina Scheidler. So we see grapes from all over Sonoma County, and Pine Mountain is in Mendocino County. So we see a lot of grapes from you know Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and then all five Bordeaux varieties. Um, and then we also get to dabble. So Stone Street. Since its inception, this is what I gather from, um, you know, when people are talking about Stone Street, they talk about how Jess Jackson referred to it as the academy. Um, You know, we we do a lot of uh, organizationally sort of adopted trials um, for, you know, winery, uh, winery and barrel hygiene and testing new products and figuring out how we can save or recycle water testing different uh, cleaning chemicals to see if we can, um, you know, reduce the amount of salts that enter our uh, our reclamation ponds on site. Um, so we we dive into all of that in addition to making all these, you know, 40 plus SKUs every year. And that's also under your purview. You have, I mean, it sounds like you have so many billions of things. And that's why when I come into your office and I see two computer screens and paperwork everywhere, I know that you're one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life because I would come in here and within five minutes I would be completely overwhelmed. How do you maintain your sanity? Well, you may see me on an episode of Hoarders, but um, <laughs> I've got lots of wine boxes in here. We do a lot of trials, and so keeping keeping that wine around to taste, um, to, to validate the work that you're doing. Um, anybody who ever has worked at a winery and they talk about doing trials, you know they're the first thing to fly out the window. But um, if we're going to do trials, we try and have them be, you know, done really well so that we can draw, you know, conclusions from them and set them up with good science and 
you know, we're blind tasting and looking at statistical significances and involving um, the 40 plus winemakers that we have in this organization, mailing them samples and having them um, evaluate sort of some of the, the stuff that we're working on at Stone Street and, and beyond. A lot of other wineries within this organization do that as well. Um, but we do quite a bit of it. So I know that you obviously will be working with Christina. She pretty much just started, but you have been working with Marcia, who I consider one of the very best winemakers at Jackson Family and, and uh, Sam Teagle and some of these other guys. And it really is kind of a, a there's a lot of interaction between you guys and, and a lot of, you know, back and forth. And I think that's really important because it's nice to have other people tasting the things that you're tasting. Is that a fair statement? Totally. So like any great team, you kind of have to know each other's strengths and know each other's weaknesses. And I really enjoy working with Marcia because I feel like we have this really great relationship of direct communication where, you know, she'll ask me, Stacy, what do you think of the 2021 or 2022 uh, Matanzas Creek Alexander Valley Chardonnay? And I can say, if I hate it, I hate it. If I, if I love it, I love it. But she's, um, She's soliciting an honest opinion and, right. and I want to be able to give it to her. And it's just that understanding of your intentions for whatever feedback you're giving are good. And that's important. And I, I think a lot of times um, there's this this need for to, to have people agree with you. And it just wind, you just wind up having the same opinion and there's no um, there's no balance in how you look at anything. And that's you know wine or anything. So I'm lucky the team underneath uh, me here, uh, we've got Andy, he's been here since the beginning of time. He was at OGST, which is the original Gangster Stone Street, which is was located over at the current day uh, Verite. Mm -hmm. um, we've got uh, Greg Spencer, who started off his tenure at Jackson Family at Skyline. So he you know, understands the importance of efficiency and being able to get things done. So he has, you know, everybody has their own strengths. And we've got uh, Amanda Lardy, who has a food science background, but a lot of those same sort of concepts, um, you know, you're making a final product and, you know, understanding process control. And we have to be efficient here, but we also can't make mistakes because you can't unblend wine. We've tried. Can't do it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And I'm so glad you brought up the team because it is such a team effort at Stone Street. And and the average tenure of the people here is years and years and years and years. So there's experience from top to bottom. And you were going over your experience. I think all those things contributed, obviously, so much to your success now. Because you saw me, you were talking about sparkling wine. Are you participating in the in the uh, the Blanc de Blanc and, and the hopefully eventual brute that we're going to be producing? Yeah, so that's, um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. This is definitely a team effort. Anyone's success for a wine that has come out of Stone Street is everyone's success. Everyone had their part to play. I think it's really easy to talk about how important winemakers are, but it's um, not as much, uh, it's not as interesting. I don't know why, because our seller team it, just thinking about seller work in general, like what niche skill set to have. Mm -hmm. And we have some of the best skilled seller operators, I think, in the world because I've seen other seller operators around the world and I know that we have some of the best. We also have a huge emphasis on bringing in international interns every year. And so our seller team has to train these these folks from all corners of the world every single year and it's a huge in my mind part of our culture is learning about other people's culture 
And we, like, I've gone to an intern's wedding in South Africa. I mean... The fact that one of the interns here actually ended up at Klein Costancia, which yeah. in my opinion is the best Super dessert cool. wine in the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we were down there, we, we actually got one of those MasterCard moments that you, you just can't, you can't even purchase it. We got that back tour. And I think it goes to, you know, you know people all over the world now and in many different wineries. And again, it's that cross-pollination that I think makes this so special. I just want to say this, and uh, I, I am so excited that you are actually going to be out in the field. And I think everybody needs to know that because you are, there's nobody better than you. Uh, I haven't worked with Christine. I'm sure she's going to be absolutely fabulous, but I have worked with you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we spent that week in New York. And uh, for those out there, if you have an opportunity to have Stacy come to your market, or if you see that Stacy is actually doing a wine dinner or something in your area, make sure you go because you're going to have the best time ever. Oh, one other thing. Yeah. The... Legacy Petite Syrah. Ugh, love it. Love that wine. And you made it exclusively, right? That is your um, wine. 2017. It's it's since been paused, the Legacy program. But that, it, and it doesn't really matter what, what brand it goes under in my mind. It's just that vineyard site is so cool. It's 128 years old. It's dry farmed. It's more of a field planting. Um, so there's, you know, a couple white varieties just sporadically intermixed into the block. And we do some fun stuff with it, and it kind of is a deviation from some of the other winemaking that happens at Stone Street. Um, but it's just a cool vineyard. I think wherever it wherever it ends up, um, whatever brand, we just need to do I'll, something. I want to bring it back. So cool. I think you we you and I drank a bottle of that 2017. It is <laughs> so freaking mind blowing. Well, the 2021 is still in barrel, and it's fabulous. So. Um, can't wait. Hopefully yeah. it, uh, it goes into something amazing. Something cool. Stacey, I, you know, I always love hanging out with you. You're really one of the most fun people I know. And uh, thank you for taking time on your very busy day to sit down with me and talk about your life. Anytime, Craig. Thanks.